Hello and welcome to the Niners Nation podcast here on the Niners Nation podcast network and we're winners, damn it! It feels good. You know, it's been a weird couple weeks. It's been like a roller coaster. It's been a teeter-totter. It's been, you never know what's going to happen. And I'm going to tell you right now at the start before we get into everything today. With the win yesterday, or two days ago now, we are not going to talk any draft or anything about future quarterbacks until the 49ers lose again. They deserve that. After going in with Nick freaking Mullins, who is literally an actual rock at quarterback. He is an actual rock playing quarterback and winning that game. There is no need. I mean, there's, there's still need. Don't get me wrong. The Niners have a serious problem, and it's at quarterback, and we will talk about that as the season goes on. But the 49ers organization, the Phoenix 49ers organization, deserves us to not talk about the draft for at least at least until they lose again. So here we are after a big win, sweeping L.A. With me is Leo Luna from Sports Illustrated. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. It's Victory Monday. Can't complain. They beat the uh, the Rams or the Ramley, also known on Twitter. That's something I found out coming into this the game. I, I knew there was no such thing, but I'm glad it happened because now I'm excited again. Now I'm excited. So I, I love being excited. So let's see what they can go ahead and do. This event of sweeping the stupid L.A. Rams, which I hate every team from L.A. almost as much as I hate that team from Seattle. This rec- This calls for us bringing back the 2020 hype train, baby! Woo! Woo! Went out and go 10-6, and six, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk a little bit about the 49ers and the performance yesterday that's the Rams. The Instant Reacts podcast is where you want to go if you want to hear all the stuff about the game in detail and stuff. But we're going to talk about is some of the key performances, and then we're going to talk about how you get the fifth seed in the playoffs and get to play an NFC East team in the playoffs in that first round, because... As we saw last night, the Seattle Seahawks barely beat that awful Eagles team. And if they win the division, Nick Mullins ain't going to throw two picks. They could beat that Eagles team if it's in Philadelphia with no fans. There's totally a, it's totally doable. So first, real quick, let's get into that game last night. We'll talk about some good and some bad. Let's talk about the bad real quick. Nick Mullins. Man, oh, man. First of all, shout out to Kyle Shanahan. He is literally, what he is doing while having one of the worst quarterbacks I think Niner fans have watched in a long time is is miraculous. But you got to be kidding me if he's the best option. Like, I just don't get it. And I don't think CJ is the option either. I think I think they got to give Josh Johnson a chance. We've talked about him so many times. What do you think, man? Like, Josh Johnson's got to be better than this. What I think is, obviously, we're just talking about a stopgap to Jimmy Garoppolo. I want to make that clear. I want to make that of clear. Of course. But with the way the offensive line is currently playing, it's making quarterbacks that are Nick Mullins-esque struggle a bit because he's not really mobile, can't really escape pressure. And on top of that, his arm's not really that strong. We've seen it from Josh Johnson in the XFL that he can actually throw a bit of a deep ball a whole lot better than what Mullins can. And the benefit, I think the key benefit to Josh Johnson is going to be his mobility, able to extend plays. Because if you're able to extend plays with guys like Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayu, Jordan Reed at tight end, 
that's that or even Kendrick Bourne we saw Kendrick Bourne get open on an extended play yesterday that's something that can work for this offense and it's I would be ideally interested in that and I think he is your quarterback without Jimmy Garoppolo of course without Jimmy Josh Johnson is the quarterback that gives your team the best chance to win and I think Kyle Shanahan's got to be thinking at least to bring him up and give him a chance or suit him up as Nick's backup for this Bills game coming up like there's just no reason that Josh Johnson isn't getting some sort of reps this season when Jimmy Garoppolo is still kind of an unknown. I think it said like six weeks, the Bills game would be five. So there's a chance Jimmy comes back before that Cardinals game towards the end of the season. And if they're on a tear, I think they'll try and get him back. The one thing I worry about is, while Nick Mullins is a rock and just kind of stands there like an idiot all the time, Jimmy Garoppolo, if he's not healthy, is just kind of standing there like an idiot all the time. So... You know, I don't want to take a risk if it's not there. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo is clearly, clearly better than Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard. Like, that's never something I've said on this show that I think that Nick Mullins is better. I don't think that's the case at all. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is their best chance to win at quarterback right now. But he's injured. But I think Josh Johnson, with the ability to move, and uh, he can't be that bad. He was good with the L.A. Wildcats uh, in the AAF. And, yes, I understand it's the AAF, but he wasn't bad. Like, he had some games where he was decent, and – I just don't get why you're not even giving a chance. Like people are asking for CJ. Like why, why would the hell would you want to see CJ Beathard again? Right. Josh Johnson. Yeah. It's, it's the XX XFL. So it's XFL. Sorry. What I say? AF. Yeah. AF. It's okay. It's okay. I forgive you. Um, Yes. It's the XFL talents. Nowhere near the NFL, but Hey, the guy went 11 touchdowns and two interceptions with 106.3 quarterback rating. Do I think Nick Mullins could put up those numbers? Uh, maybe, maybe. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, I would. I wouldn't put any money on it. Um, so that's why I say, well, Josh Johnson did that. I've I've seen him this calendar year in 2020 hit fade routes in the XFL that was perfectly dropped into the receiver's lap, and he's mobile. Once again, he is mobile. So mobile. I, I would like to see at least something from Josh Johnson and not just a practice squad, Kyler Murray scout team quarterback. And that's the big thing is like, we're going to, you know, we'll have later this week, we'll have a bills preview, but wouldn't you want to have a mobile quarterback against a mobile quarterback coming up? Like I just, there, I know it's Tuesday. It's only Tuesday. I'm just hoping Shanahan comes to his senses and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to, we're going to put Josh Johnson out at quarterback today. Cause it just doesn't make sense for us to have to watch Nick Mullins miss everybody and just get creamed every play and like don't get me wrong the offensive line hasn't been that great but I feel like the biggest thing and why I was so heavy on on Zach Wilson when we were you know tanking not really tanking when we we, you know we had we thought the team would lose out is he's mobile and he can make the line look less less bad I guess is what I'm trying to say like with a mobile quarterback, the line isn't going to get trounced every single time because you're going to have a guy who can at least roll out and throw the ball. You know, when Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt on his ankle, couldn't roll out, and that's why he got creamed all the time. And that's what's happened with Nick Mullins, and he's not hurt. He just sucks. And while CJ has a better arm than Nick Mullins, do you really want to go from Nick Mullins to CJ Beathard, who's also not mobile, or do you want to try out something different? I'm ready for something different because this defense, and this is what we're talking about next, this defense is so good. Now that Richard Sherman's back. And I think they have their safeties now. Traverius Moore and Jimmy Ward are playing better than I think Jimmy Ward and uh, Jaquaski Tart did. What do you think? 
I think I think that's a perfect spot for Jimmy Ward. I I think the comparison with Ward has always been Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, but he didn't really get the opportunity with having a player like Jaquaski Tart in there because Jimmy Ward had to take more of the high safety role and he had to be up at the top a lot more than Jaquaski Tart, which is fair because Ward is the better high safety than Tart. But now that Tart's not on the field and the 49ers have finally listened to myself and they put in Tarvarius Moore. Tarvarius Moore is more rangy, does have a little better instincts as far as being a cover guy, a high safety. Uh, he needs to work on his tackling angles. We understand that. Uh, but just strictly on coverage standpoint, Moore is a better fit for a high safety role, and that's allowed to drop Jimmy Ward in a little more, not play as much high safety. So you're seeing him play at a high level and I've said Tyron Matthew that's kind of what he looked like yesterday taking out receivers taking out running backs from this uh or excuse me wide receivers and tight ends from the slot corner position uh he was just making plays he was flying all over the field made Jared Goff fumble when he tried to scramble and he was just a high motor and I think he feeds off that this year he seemed to be a little more talkative and I think he's feeding off of that Tyron Matthew-like role. Well, and that's the thing is, I feel like this whole defense is just feeding off of just the how good they are. Like, it's mm-hmm. crazy. You know, they don't mind the fact that the offense isn't putting up points. It feels like they know they're better than everybody. And now that Sherman's back, it felt yet like on Sunday that there was a swagger that they had a couple times, but it wasn't as big as it was on Sunday. Richard Sherman does something to a team that is almost unexplainable. And with Richard Sherman out there, they felt like a Super Bowl defense. And while they didn't feel like a Super Bowl offense, you know, because their quarterback is awful, when you have a defense that's that good, if you can get a guy who can just not make mistakes like Mullins and Beathard are making, like a Jimmy Garoppolo, like what I hope Josh Johnson could potentially be, and yes, Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Josh Johnson, don't get twisted, like a Jimmy Garoppolo, the NFC is pretty wide open still. I really think with this COVID year, anything's possible. Mahomes could get COVID right before the Super Bowl, and that changes everything. But and that's the thing is, you know, it felt like in the losses to the Saints and the losses to Green Bay, the Nick Mullins factor was just overtaking the whole team where they had no ability to do anything. And it felt like yesterday when Debo came back and Mostert came back, it allowed Shanahan to not only scheme up plays to make some to, to do some damage, despite the fact your quarterback is Wentz and Trubisky level bad. They were able to just outswagger the Rams. Is that the word I'm looking for? It felt like what the defense was out there. They were making plays, and yes, Aaron Donald made his plays. Jalen Ramsey made his plays, but they just felt like a different team on Sunday. The defense put the offense on their back and said, hey, guys, we're going to take this one. Just don't mess this up for us. Um, The interception kind of hurt a bit. The fumble recovery for touchdown hurt the defense. But in the end, it was the defense. uh, They did make the stop in order to get Nick Mullins the ball back to kick or for gold, Robbie Gold, to kick the game winning field goal. That was on the defense there. And they got the Rams off the field pretty quickly. Um, with enough time for all of that to take place. 
So with this defense, that's why they definitely outswaggered that Rams offense. It wasn't even close to who was more confident when they were on the field at the same time. Um, with the 49ers offense, they just got to play horizontal and play more of a horizontal game. Then that's going to keep this defense fresh. That's going to get let Debo do what he does with his yak. That's going to let uh, Raheem Moster. It was his first game back, so I'm not going to. I'm not too concerned about his production at the moment. Um, but there, there is possibility that this team could go on a stretch for the last, you know, few games of the season. And they're going to get Ayuk back too before this Bills game, which is going to be a huge part of it. But real quick, let's talk about Debo Samuel. So Debo was drafted in the same draft as guys like AJ Brown, DK Metcalf. Uh, I want to say Andy Isabella was one of the receivers in the class. Like he, he was there, Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin. Uh, the other one I'm thinking of, the one that the Patriots drafted, Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry. Hollywood Brown. Real quick, so here's just to name a couple. That's why I want to do this. Name. So we've named a couple receivers. Who would you rather have out of the receivers I just named other than Debo freaking Samuel and what he's been able to do? He's a literal freak. He's a freak. Right. Other than Debo, I think a lot of people might want to go DK Metcalf or um, Terry McLaurin. They don't have a guy who can do what DK Exactly. So I would say A.J. Brown because he is a guy who can can break a lot of tackles, not to the extent of Debo. Debo currently has 35 broken tackles, and A.J. Brown has 31. So that's where they are. I mean, and the thing about the DK Metcalf thing is the Niners don't have a quarterback who can get the ball to a DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf has to get those deep routes. I mean, yes, sure, he gets the short routes. In that offense, it doesn't work. What Debo is able to do within this offense is pretty amazing because not only is Shanahan scheming him horizontal, like you said, but he's able to break multiple tackles and make plays when there is none. You know, Debo is a freak. There's a reason he's getting PED tested every single week because of what he's doing to other teams. And the minute he came back into this offense, once again, against the Rams, it's obvious that they have a gem in Debo Samuel. And once they get Ayuk back, they have a wide receiving core that could potentially be one of the better ones in the league. And with Debo Samuel, he's doing it against one of the best defensive coordinators, at least this season. It's his first season. Um, so I'm going to say this season. That's that's Brandon Staley over there for the Los Angeles Rams. He's actually great in adjusting on the fly in the game. The Rams they were the number one overall defense coming into that game. And they were by far the number one defense in the second half of the game. Well, guess who couldn't figure him out? Brandon Staley couldn't not find a way to adjust to him. That Rams with all those players, um, like you said, Aaron Donald, they have Brockers, they have Ramsey, they have Fuller playing at a high level. Uh, They could not figure out a way to take away Debo Samuel. And, that just shows how special of a player he is. I I don't think we've seen one game to where a team was able to eliminate Debo Samuel completely, make those end arounds not work, make those pitch passes not work. He's just a fantastic player. And that's what I like going into this Bills game. They're an AFC East team. Do I expect an AFC East team to figure out Debo Samuel in a week of preparation? Probably not. No. Absolutely not. And that's the biggest thing is, you know, we've, we've talked so much, you know, we even got to the point where we're ready just to tank the season. This season has been such a, 
the word I want to use cluster F, but I'm not going to. Say that. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of a roller coaster, I think is what I want. Roller coaster. And it's been such a roller coaster because the injuries. But if you look at the games the Niners have lost, where they've lost even close games or games that they probably shouldn't have lost, they've missed Debo Samuel. And when Debo Samuel isn't on the field, the Niners are a different team. They're not as good. If Debo Samuel's on the field, the Niners always have a chance of winning. Right. It doesn't matter. Who, it doesn't matter who's quarterback. It doesn't matter who's missing. Uh, besides Debo, if Debo Samuel's on the field, they have a chance at winning every single game he's there. It, he's just that damn good. And that's the thing is like, yeah, we miss George Kittle, but Jordan Reed's been a decent tight end, and Ross Trelli's getting better at blocking. He's not great at it, but he's getting better. He's not Kittle blocking. Nobody's as good as blocking as Kittle, but. When Debo's not there, it's more obvious than any player, I feel like. Is that crazy to say? No, no. I, I made the case for Debo a few weeks ago um, because I stuck behind it. Even if he doesn't get the ball, you're still playing mind games with the defense, seeing Debo in motion. Um, even if you want to have your one of your top corners in the league, like Tredavious White on the Bills, you want to have him shadow Debo Samuel. Well, guess what? If Debo's running across the field, well, now there's a chance that Tredavious White could end up running into one of his linebackers or one of his other teammates during that play, freeing up Debo Samuel. So he just causes up so much frustration for a defense because uh, he, even if you don't give him the ball, say 10 times, and then he runs across again, defense may just assume that it's a decoy, but then he gets it on that 11th time. Well, guess what? Now Debo's already down the field for 20 yards, first down, 49ers. Yeah, he's unstoppable. And that's the thing is is the way Shanahan uses him, and it's a testament to how good Kyle Shanahan is, that he's able to overcome the deficiencies they have at quarterback. And the deficiencies are lessened when Jimmy Garoppolo is, is, not, is there, but the deficiency is still there. They can't throw deep. It's just impossible. They can't hit anybody deep. They just don't do it. They're not able to do it. But Shanahan knows that, and he's able to overcome that. And as long as this team can stay relatively healthy as they've been, you know, no more Sherman injury, no more Debo injuries, Ayuk's going to come back, Trent Williams is healthy, there's an argument this team, after Sunday, can actually make some noise in the playoffs. I know it sounds crazy, because the conversation we just had about Zach Wilson and all that stuff last week. And that conversation is going to come back at the end of the season or, you know, when they lose again, that's going to come back because there is a problem at quarterback. There is a definite problem at quarterback. Watching that game on Sunday, it was completely obvious that the 49ers are so talented at every position, not just wide receiver, not just tight end, not just running back, not just, it's every position. The O-line has some problems, but it's still better than most of the O-lines we're seeing in the NFL. The Niners have a serious, serious problem, and it's quarterback. And it's not just Jimmy Garoppolo's performance. It's Jimmy Garoppolo's health. And the question you have is, yes, Jimmy may come back before the end of the season and help you with this playoff run. But the guys missed, as we said last week, almost two seasons worth of games now. Do you really want to take that as your quarterback going forward? And then at the same time, Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard cannot be the backups if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be your starter. It's just not possible. They're terrible, and they cannot do the job you need 
you have, I mean, Kyle Shanahan probably had to work triple overtime on Sunday to just to make up for how bad Nick Mullins was. It was insane. I feel like I've never watched anything that bad. Brian Hoyer was better than Nick Mullins was on Sunday. Is that a crazy thing to say? Uh, I don't, I don't think it's too crazy. Brian Hoyer was pretty bad. He was, he was bad. Yeah, no, no, I know. He was but bad. He, Nick Mullins was Trubisky level bad. And yeah. I don't know if you watched Trubisky Sunday night, but my God. And then watch Carson Wentz on Monday night. My goodness. Like when we're talking about our quarterback, that might be worse than those two guys. There's a problem. And I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo is worse than those guys. I'm saying that Bethard and Mullins are both worse than those guys by far. And this, the health thing scares me a little bit, but I mean, if Jimmy Garoppolo comes back, screw it. Let's make a run 10 and six. Let's talk about it. How do you make a run? How do you make a run? The, the NFC West is probably going to go to Seattle after the win over the Eagles. I think they're pretty much set. But you can beat them at the end of the season. I think that's a totally winnable game with Jimmy Garoppolo back and if they're healthy. And I think that they're going to lose to the Rams again. I think the Rams are just one of those teams this year that has the Seahawks number. They don't play well against good defenses. The Eagles, you know, they're a decent defense, but they're not that great. And the Seahawks only put, I think, 20, 20 points up on them. Something like that, some low number. And it's like, mm-hmm. the and that Seahawks offense was the number one in the league for a while. And Chris Carson was back. It's not like the Seahawks were super injured on offense. They still had DK Metcalf, they still had Tyler Lock, and they struggled against the Eagles. I think they lose to the Rams. I think they could lose to the 49ers at the end of the season if Jimmy Garoppolo is back and the health that they're seeing right now can continue. Yeah, I, I think they could. So... We're saying Nick Mullins isn't a start for the 49ers for at least the next two games. Uh, So that's Buffalo, Washington. I think Dallas is a great opportunity to bring Jimmy Garoppolo back because while their defense has improved, while their defense has been better, they're still not good and a terrible defense. So I think that could be a great warm-up game for Jimmy, even if he is, say, 95% and not 100. That that uh, that six weeks window is already gone like that that's why i bring up that Dallas game he he should be ready according to the four to six week window and so you have buffalo i think they have a great opportunity remember buffalo what happened is last time they played in arizona was a hail murray that's going to be in their head psychologically walking (sighs) back into that stadium that was a brutal loss for them and now Josh Allen doesn't look 100% healthy. I saw he left the game yesterday with a brace on his knee. Mm-hmm. And then you got Washington football team. 49ers should beat them. What concerns me is the Washington's defensive line. Um, but I trust Shanahan as a play caller to figure out a way around that and not let that defensive line just beat you. And then, like I said, Dallas. That that opens up the final three games. Dallas, Arizona, Seattle. Arizona is a road game, but that might feel like a home game with the with the 49ers playing their next two home games in Arizona. But the fact that they haven't left, yeah. They've been yeah. there for a while at that point. And now that Dallas trip isn't as far as well. Um, so they do have some things lining up for them. And if and if Jimmy Garoppolo because Nick Mullins is bad. He's bad. Brian Hoyer's better than Nick Mullins. So if they could get Jimmy Garoppolo back for the Dallas game and warm him up, I think it's very important to warm him up and not just throw him out against Arizona. 
So you warm them up for Dallas. I think this team could make a, and it's wild saying, saying this after what we said last season, but now, or excuse me, last week, uh, it's wild saying this. And, but I think it's just uh, seeing Debo on the field, seeing most how he was playing in the first quarter. Um, yeah. And then still watching that game, beating a tough Rams team on the road. It's a, good, still thinking, a good football team. Hey, there was no Brandon Ayuk that game. So yeah. seeing all of that materialize, I think that's why we kind of flip the script here and say, hey, yeah, this team could go on a 5-0 and stretch. And it feels like a roller coaster. I think that's the the COVID season like mantra, you know. Like, and the the thing is, the quarterback thing is not going away. It's a temporary thing for now. We're just not going to talk about it because the 49ers have a potential to make the playoffs, and it's all in front of them it, with the offensive they're putting out and the defense they're putting out. Anything is the defense they're putting out specifically. What Robert Sala has done and the defense and what Richard Sherman brings to that team and what Kerry Hyder brings to that team and. Javon Kinlaw and Fred Warner, these guys are superstars. Every single one of the – there's not a position on the 49ers defense that isn't a superstar. They, they're so talented at every position. And maybe not like superstars like we're thinking like a Patrick Mahomes superstar. I'm saying like right. a really great NFL player is what I'm saying more than anything, I guess, is that every single player on that defense is really great. They have they don't have any deficiencies on defense, and Kerry Hyder has proven – that you can let D Ford go. I think they said this on the Instant Reacts podcast. You can let D Ford go in the offseason and pay Kerry Hyder and yep. him fill that position. And it looks like he's going to do a great job for you. And you're going to have Nick Bosa back next season. And people forget, we say it every single week on the show. Nick Bosa is literally one of the most amazing defensive linemen, defensive ends in the league. And we haven't got to watch him at all this season. People forget how good he is. Like it's it's pretty insane how good Nick Bosa is. And he's not even on this team. And this defense is still this good. And that's probably a testament to Salah. Yeah, that's definitely a testament to Salah. But I also think the position coaches as, as well. I think it's been a whole group effort with that defense. Um, like you were saying, Jason Brett has been playing at an all-pro level. Jimmy Ward, now that he's in that strong safety role, is looking a bit like Tyron Matthew. I don't want to overact too much because <laughs> it is one game we see him play at that high level. But I think that is what he did isn't something that we're just like, oh, my God, you know, that's just a fluke and wouldn't expect it. No, that's that's something Jimmy Ward can do from a week to week basis. Um, Tarverius Moore is a rangy high safety. He needs to work on his uh, run support, on his angles on the run support. But he is extremely rangy at the high safety when they did try him deep. Tarverius Moore was closer to the ball than the receiver was. Uh, Richard Sherman, smart, stupidly smart corner um out there so and he's able to he's a coach on the field for the defense fred warner yeah fred warner all pro dre greenlaw is a really good player second year player kinlaw's turning a curve into his rookie year kevin Givens looks fantastic from the one tech eric armstead is yeah he gets a lot of you know criticism but he is a hell of a run defender he he blew up the the outside run so many times yesterday and like you say carry Hyder, his motor just doesn't stop this defense is really really good and that's what can carry them in into the playoffs to where if you get jimmy grapple back kittle back uh-oh 2020 hype train anything is possible and i think that's the thing and why i'm ready to just just to stop this this quarterback draft conversation you know until they lose is because anything is possible at this point and i feel like we've had a couple moments like this the roller coaster goes up after we win and then it goes back down if we lose. It's it's up to the 49ers now to 
after they win this game, go into Buffalo and win, and go into Washington and win, and then go into Dallas and win, and go to the Cardinals and win, and the Seahawks and win, and have that kind of momentum of winning and just you know knocking out six in a row, which they can do. It's totally mm-hmm. possible. It didn't feel possible when we went out, when we went through the games a couple weeks ago, and we're like, I don't know if these are all wins or not. Like, I, Nick Mullins is so bad, but now that Debo's back, Raheem's back. The defense is playing even better than it was. There's really a potential to rail off six in a row. And it would be one of the most amazing things. And I think Shanahan should get coach of the year the minute they do it, even if they don't do it, even if they win five in a row or four, if they, and they blow it to the Seahawks the last game of the season. Shanahan's the coach of the year, for me at least. I don't know about you. He may not get the votes depending on what the final record is. Um, like if they're nine and seven and they still get in the playoffs, he may not get the votes just because of the record, but my gosh, what he's doing with this team is just fantastic. And like you said, yeah, Nick Mullins is bad, but give him Debo, give him Raheem, give him Brandon Ayuk this coming week. Now you're able to run a more vertical or excuse me, horizontal offense. You're not asking so much out of Nick Mullins vertically within the playbook. And that can set up the, the offense very well, because remember those, short passes to Debo behind the line of scrimmage um, is going to take some time off the play clock. And I think that works fantastic for the offense, obviously, because you're able to um, manage the game and not have to manage against the other team. You're managing the, the flow of the game at that point, but that stud defense we just went over, you're keeping them rested on the sideline and they're not having to go out seeming seamlessly every two minutes. Yeah, no, totally. And that was that was the biggest problem, I think, against the Saints is it felt like they would come out, they'd get killed, and then the defense would play decent mm-hmm. against Drew Brees, but then they would just blow it at the last minute. I mean, keep in mind, they were in that Saints game. Like, they didn't get blown out in that Saints game. And that Saints team is the number one seed in the NFC right now. And they were in that game with Nick right. Rollins. They've been in every game except that Green Bay game where Green Bay just came in and stomped them because they had practice squad players because of COVID scare. And that's the thing is when they're not completely unhealthy, they're so talented at other positions, it can kind of make up for the deficiency they have at quarterback, whether it's Mullins, Garoppolo, or Beathard, they've been able to figure it out. And they figured it out against a Rams team that was on their way to potentially being the number one seed in the NFC. They win that game against San Francisco or Phoenix. (laughs) They potentially are the number one seed over the Saints because the Saints play the Chiefs, which is kind of a crazy thing. I think I think it'll probably be in the end, it'll be the Saints or Green Bay as the number one seed. But my thing is, and why I think that winning out is, is best case scenario, mm-hmm. but if you win five of those games, you might even be still be able to sneak in the playoffs. The pro- thing about, and I, I think you're with me on this, if they went out and go 10 and six, right. they can get that five seed. Yeah, it, it's so huge in this way because you're going to play the NFC East winner, whether it's the Giants, the Redskins, the Cowboys, even, or the Eagles. Um, they could they could go on a stretch and really take control of their destiny. Yes, they're, that's what they have now, but they could turn it into a different aspect to saying, hey, we're the same bad mofos, like Raheem would say, that was back in t- 2019. If you guys want to come and test us, come and test us. But we're going to be ready this time because guess what? Now Debo's on the field. Now Ayuk's on the field. Now Kittle's on the field. Jordan Reed's on the field. Raheem Mostert's on the field. And Jimmy Garoppolo's on the field. And our defense is loaded, by the way. 
remember the um, 2012 New York Giants? They were six and six at one point in the season. They won three of their last four, finished nine and seven, and beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So it's not some thing where you have to be eight and two or nine and three or whatever it may be at that point. The Giants did it. Other teams did it. It depends who gets hot. And if the 49ers find themselves in the playoffs, that means they got really freaking hot. And that means Kittle and Garoppolo are back to make this offense a lot stronger and complement the defense. That's always been my thing is if they can complement the defense, they'll be fine and they have an opportunity to win. I believe you get those two players back. Isn't a compliment the defense and things can get scary once they build that confidence. Absolutely. And that's the thing is, it would, wouldn't it be the most 2020 thing ever for the 49ers and the Chiefs to play in the Super Bowl again oh after all? Gosh. This? We were, you know, we we're sitting here, it's like, all right, let's start looking towards Zach Wilson, our new quarterback. And then all of a sudden, they reel off six wins in a row. They knock off the Washington football team and go to New Orleans and knock them off. And then they end up playing like Seattle or LA and the NFC Championship win and go to the Super Bowl. It'd be the craziest thing ever. And the thing is, it's it's crazy we're still talking about this but there's a totally a potential that it happens when your defense is this good week in and week out absolutely there's that defense is loaded it's it's laughing to say considering where we were last week um (sighs) but the defense is that good it's just the fact we're seeing there's really good players on offense too like Debo Samuel um so that's the case. They they can't see themselves there. That would be the most 2020 thing to rematch against the Chiefs and beat the Chiefs without a Nick Bosa, who was probably the best player on the field that day. It's it's insane. But the thing is, the potential's there. And I mean, we're a podcast that talks about the 49ers. I'm tired of being down on them. I'm tired of talking smack and, and hoping that they lose out. There's just no point when there's a potential there to really do it. And this Rams game, I think, it should have flipped a lot of people's switches, I feel. And that's what I really want to get my point across with this show. The switch should have flipped for you if you're a diehard 49er fan that, hey, there's really a chance they could do this. And it doesn't look like anyone in the NFC is world beaters. The, it really doesn't. I mean, Green Bay is really good. But when Raheem is there, they've shown an ability to beat that team. And if Green Bay is the best team you're going to play on your way back to the Chiefs I mean that's winnable as well if they don't have Nick Mullins at quarterback and yes we've said a million times on here Jimmy Garoppolo is not a great quarterback his high his ceiling is above average but he's not Nick Mullins (laughs) he has the ability to overcome certain things with his arm that Nick Mullins does not and I think, yes, the O-line is a problem, but if he is 98 99%, I think he can maybe maneuver a little more than he was against that, in that Seahawks game. Yeah, and I think the key with Green Bay is you got to smack him in the mouth. That first matchup <laughs> against them this year, they didn't do that. They did that twice last year. Um, looking at Green Bay's other losses, the, the – uh, Buccaneers smacked him in the mouth and whooped him. And the Minnesota Vikings smacked him in the mouth. And it felt like they whooped him, even though the, the box score was uh, different. You could tell that Green Bay was just not in that game to win it. And 
if you get these offensive players back with this loaded defense, the 49ers would smack them in the mouth a second time because they're not running River Craycraft, which is pretty fantastic name um, as a receiver, not as much. He's, he's not the other guys the 49ers have. Um, they were down to their, what, sixth, seventh wide receiver that game on no Raheem Mostert. Um, so it, it's just, it would be a different narrative if they lined up against Green Bay once again. And guess what? If it is freezing cold in Lambeau, the 49ers know how to win with the horizontal offense. So you're not being forced to have your quarterback throw 20 yards downfield in negative degree weather well, because the 49ers could maneuver behind the line of scrimmage perfectly fine in that type of weather. Exactly. And the other big matchup that, that would be the one, the worry after the, if they beat Buffalo and Arizona is that Seattle game. After we saw Russell, what, what Jimmy Garoppolo did and what Russell Wilson was able to do with DK Metcalf against our defense, a lot of people worried, but I think Richard Sherman would be able to shut down DK Metcalf in a way that, you know, they weren't able to do in the first matchup. Maybe not completely shut him down like Jalen Ramsey does, but mm-hmm. I think having Sherman back against DK Metcalf is a huge deal. And not to mention, Garoppolo was injured in that game, and yes, he was awful. But I mean, I will say he was injured in that game. It wasn't like he was just he was awful to be awful. He was still uh, he was still pretty injured. But I think that it's a different matchup now because San Francisco's defense is that much better, and the pass rush is going to get to Russell Wilson. And I think Metcalf becomes less of a factor. He's not just killing you. That game is winnable. And right. winning that game and that ending your six-game stretch of the season, to, I think it's completely winnable. I don't know about you, but I think it's that's a winnable game. Yeah, that, that game could mean nothing at that point for Seattle, depending on the standings, to where yeah. they could just go out there with Geno Smith. But, it, but for this case, say they do roll out Russell Wilson. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have Debo Samuel at the time. Didn't have Raheem Moster. His actual his back was Jarek McKinnon. He didn't even have Jeff Wilson for that game either. Um, yeah. So that bodes well for Jimmy, as well as Russell Wilson respects Richard Sherman a ton. Look at the previous matchups between the 49ers and the Seahawks. Each time Sherman's on the field playing against Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson doesn't try him. Does not try Richard Sherman. He always throws on the opposite corner or in the middle of the field. Well, now you have Sherman out there. And if you want to try and pick on Verrett, good luck because he is a hell of a corner. Yeah, absolutely. I just think that that when they're healthy right now, this healthy 49ers team matches up with everyone well. And if Garoppolo can come back that Dallas game like we talked about, there's really a potential for this team. And I don't want to say Super Bowl too much because I don't, I'm not there yet. I think I think I'm close, but I'm not, <laughs> I, I think I need to see how they play against the Buffalo Bills. And we're going to keep in mind, coming up Monday morning, we got a big preview episode of the Buffalo Bills game. That's what we're all we're going to talk about before the game. Get you hype to go beat Buffalo and continue this ten and six run. But the thing is, is once they beat Buffalo, that's when I think I'll be ready to start talking Super Bowl because the Washington football team is bad. The Dallas Cowboys are bad. The Arizona Cardinals just lost to the New, York, New England Patriots, who the Niners kicked their ass when Jimmy Garoppolo was healthy. And it seems like Arizona has progressively gotten worse every week since that Buffalo game. They lost to Seattle, and they didn't look good against Seattle. And we all know who Seattle is. Yes, Dunlap was there, and that's a big factor, I guess, for them. But we know what the Seahawks are on defense, and they 
The Cardinals look lost on that Thursday night game. Yes, it's Thursday night, so it's a little different. But the Cardinals haven't looked good for the last two weeks. If they can beat the Cardinals, they can beat the Seahawks. And then once you've won six in a row, anything's possible. Yeah, I would say that's probably the biggest test on their schedule remaining would be the Cardinals. Um, Josh Allen does not play good on Mondays and Tuesdays this year. He's been pretty (laughs) bad. His better games are on Sundays. So they're playing the Bills on a Monday. Perfect. And then football team, Cowboys, and then Cardinals. And like I said, that Seahawks game could mean nothing for them to where they roll out Geno Smith at that point of the season. We'll see. Um, But I think Cardinals is probably their biggest test yet. And I think if Jimmy Garoppolo does play that Cowboys game and then he's set to play against the Cardinals, Jimmy Garoppolo has some of his best games in his career against the Cardinals. His first ever start in the NFL with the Patriots was against the Cardinals team that was coming off a playoff uh, year, and they were projected pretty to, to, to do well that year. And Jimmy Garoppolo just tore them up, through for over 300 yards. And then you look at last year, he had one of his best statistical game of the seasons on Halloween, where he was fantastic. So he plays well in that stadium. And that first game this year against the Cardinals, Jimmy Garoppolo was was just bad. We'll call it what it is. He had Kendrick Bourne in the end zone completely under him. I don't think he plays that type of game if he's able to play against the Cowboys, warm up, and then play against the Cardinals. I think he will be a lot more tuned and a lot more ready to go considering he had no preseason uh, before week one. And that's the thing, and that's it. They sneak into the playoffs, and I think we kind of brought this up last week because we're, you know, we're trying to make the case for making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. They sneak in the playoffs in a COVID season; anything's possible. And it's wild. There's gonna, there's probably gonna be eight playoff teams because it doesn't. I don't know how this Baltimore Steelers game gets played tomorrow, but whatever. Uh, it, it feels like there's gonna be eight playoff teams. It really feels like that's gonna happen, and. They're going to be one of them because the Bears stink, the Vikings stink. There's so many bad teams in the NFC. And and then I'm going to tell you this from, from, from the second command of the Zach Wilson hype train real quick. Don't worry about the draft pick. They're going to get it figured out. If if the guy is there, they want, they will get him. Um, winning now in a year when it felt like everything had gone wrong, when everything that we didn't you know we came in this season thinking it was all it was all in front of them right and everything's gone wrong and you know they now have the potential to do what we didn't think possible a week ago winning now is more important and i is complete teeter-totter from last week <laughs> winning now is more important than the draft pick as much as you know i was totally down to tank for our quarterback of the future if they could pull it off we will never forget the 2020 season. Even if they don't make it to the Super Bowl, if they make it to the NFC Championship, or they barely lose a divisional round game, we will never forget this season for the rest of our lives. The fact that they went through more injuries than any team in the history of the NFL has gone through and still found a way to persevere and make the playoffs shows you how good Kyle Shanahan is and how good they have done John Lynch and Adam Peters at building a roster and why you shouldn't be afraid of the fact that they're going to find the quarterback of the future. They will find him. I don't know when, but they're going to find him. And I just hope that, that, hey, that, uh, go for it, it. For those people that in the draft, uh, that were just like really, really, really wanted that draft pick contract or the, the salary cap is getting thinned out next year. Who knows? A guy like Matthew Stafford could be on the market. 
or a guy like Dak Prescott could be on the market. And I think those would be two quarterbacks that 49ers fans would be very, very happy for. Absolutely. I just want a young guy on a young contract so bad. Oh, me too. I, I, I don't want to geek out a little bit, but I will. Uh, every time I play Madden, I just redraft rookies, redraft rookies, redraft rookies. So I get the contract standpoint. Um, I just wanted to just show, show an example of, totally. hey, no, one if there's a veteran option in, instead. Because Kyle Shanahan does like his veteran players. I just yeah, and I I think I think what we do going forward as we close out the show is we we ride it out with Jimmy Garoppolo and see where the playoffs take us because I really think, and this just isn't the hype train Nate speaking. I think this is like most NFL analysts are saying this: the 49ers are going to make the playoffs after yesterday. The 49ers are 100 percent going to make the playoffs. Now I hope that Nick Mullins isn't the quarterback the next couple of weeks, and they try out Josh Johnson, just give him a shot. But the 49ers are going to make the playoffs. So if they're going to make the playoffs. Let's go 10 and 6. <laughs> That's got to be the mentality for Niner fans going forward. And I'm sure that got bleeped out, but I was saying it again. F- it. Let's go 10 and 6. Why not? Yeah, let, let's do it. Um, the five seed is the key to this so that the first round, you could play the NFC East. Let's do it. Win out. Win every single game. You can do it. Come on. I believe in you, totally. Shanahan. <laughs> exactly. If they want to check out your stuff, Leo, how can they do it? So you can find me on Sports Illustrated, all 49ers, as I will be uploading a article. Well, while you're listening to this on a Tuesday, I'll be uploading my underreaction weekly article, as well as on Twitter, LeoLuna93. And you can follow me on, uh, at NinerNate49 on Twitter and see the absolute mess I was on Sunday when I did not know what to do. Root for the draft pick, root for the team. And then when they won, I said, you know what? As we say... We're going to say every single week, as long as they keep winning, f- it. let's go 10 and 6. This has been the Niner Nation Podcast. We will be back with you Monday morning to talk about the Buffalo Bills and everything about Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and all that good stuff. Once again, no more injuries and f- it. let's go 10 and 6. <laughs> <laughs>